Phantasm. Maximum Terror. That's your target audience, baby! Phantasm. You know something? I sort of enjoyed it. Phantasm. Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Sell the metal! What the fuck is up? Welcome to Phantasm Podcast. I'm Corey Gorkreis. With me as always, Dr. Vincent West. How you doing? I am doing great. Um, a lot of stuff coming up on the... podcast world. How are you? That's right. Uh, doing great. Got a good movie on the screen today, courtesy of our good friends at Tubi, as always. Uh, doctor, what, what do we have today? A Gary Sherman film. We are watching Poltergeist 3 from 1988 with Tom Skerritt. Some people are afraid of heights. Just don't look down. Others panic in elevators. Some have a thing about mirrors. And no one likes ghosts. Now, the movie with something for everyone. Poltergeist 3, rated PG-13. I love this movie because of Tom Skerritt and Nancy Nancy Yeah, Nancy Allen, of course. Uh, It's what I remember most about the film. And Heather O'Rourke. Of course, yeah. And uh, Laura Flynn Boyle, which is weird that she's in this, if you have any Twin Peaks fans out there. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, it's been a while since I've seen this. I said Kip Winger for a minute. I was like, that's weird. (laughs) Yeah, and of course, this is uh, O'Rourke's final performance. She died a few months before this film was released. Uh, We all know the the tragedy of that from this film, which makes it extra morbid. Um, But yeah, I I haven't seen this in a long time, so I'm pretty excited to see it. I know the director this time around, Gary Sherman, did the movie Dead and Buried is what he's known for besides this film. I don't think he's really done anything after this. I don't remember. By the uh, way, I wasn't making fun of Winger. I actually like that band. But no, Winger's great. listening that may be surprised by that. They're one of the quote-unquote, I don't like this terminology, hair bands that I like. So. Yeah. No, Winger's uh, great. Winger was based, uh, except for the drummer, Rod Morgenstein, all of the members in that band, Paul Taylor, Red Beach, and Kip Winger all came from Alice Cooper's band from the 80s. Yeah. So, of course I love Winger. They're great. But anyway, it's a good movie. I like Tom Skerritt. I just think he's great. I do too. Um, and I think it's really shitty. Everybody jacks off about that Top Gun remake, and they could have put Tom Skerritt in it. He's still alive. They didn't do it. Could have CGI'd Val. That way he didn't look like a corpse in it. <laughs> but yeah. Whatever. Everybody likes that movie but me. But anyway, I'm going to waste time talking about it. I love the original Top Gun. That's it. Same yeah, here. This is a nice print of this. This looks like a really nice copy we're watching. It does. If I had to guess, since it's Tubi, it's probably the the Screen Factory from the 
box set they did. It's definitely <clears throat> high-definition Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, I, don't know, I wouldn't say it's 4K quality. No, it's it definitely just, got like the... It's a good print of it. Maybe like a 2K restoration. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Yep, absolutely. You can see the Chicago skyline there, uh, Vincent's favorite state, Vincent's favorite city. Um, Sarcasm just... <laughs> do this all day um <laughs> the quick plot of this i love how you know sometimes wikipedia does like wait their their plot ends up being the entire film when they list the plot of it right there you see uh kane there i believe is who that is or she thinks it is um but imdb usually does a better plot or synopsis whatever of the film that i don't have to read for like six months uh Fun fact, i gotta say something real quick i'm sorry because it's on the scene she is holding a speak and spell. Yeah. I used to have one. I had that exact speak and spell. It's a retro one. That is that is the OG and the only other place I've ever seen that specific speak and spell in a movie is Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Master Part 3. Uh-huh. When Leatherface is using it. Yeah. <laughs> and he keeps trying to spell food mm-hmm. for a human. And there is Tom Skerritt and the wonderful Nancy Allen, who I love in... What film, Doctor? A Robocop. Of course. Love her. Uh, so yeah, the, the quick plot of this, Carol Ann is staying with her aunt in a high-rise building where the supernatural forces haunting her make their return. And I know this one has a lot to do with like mirrors and shit. It's got some famous scenes from that where they people are in the mirror are not the same as their reflection or whatever. It's pretty crazy and I think the Gary Sherman got the inspiration from the Alice in Wonderland novel uh, through the looking glass or whatever. It's kind of his basis for what this film was, which is very bizarre, but that's kind of what this is a play on this, this film, which I love. Fun fact, Laura Flynn Boyle, a lot of people don't know this, used to fuck Jack Nicholson. They were dating for years. It's amazing. He used to plow that quite a bit older than her, <laughs> but I guess she needed the, she needed the father figure. She needed the George Michael. She that's needed right. The, she needed Jock. She needed Jack. She needed Jack's cock. So. <laughs> Jack Cockleson. Yep. I love Tom Scarrett. Some people don't know, but she did. She she was fucking him for years. <laughs> Tom Scarrett's got the best mustache in Hollywood. Still does. It's amazing. Um. Yes, he does. And I was gonna say, Tom Selleck's is the only close close one to that for me. I agree. Yeah, Tom Selleck's got the. And Burt Reynolds. Burt yep. Reynolds is my favorite ever. Oh but yeah. Anyway, but but. Laura Flynn Boyle, here's the funny thing, and I don't know which was first. He he was fucking her, and he was, Jack was also, Nicholson was also fucking, um, <laughs> oh God, what is her name? Um, she's in a movie called Point of No Return. I'm not sure. Oh, shoot. Hold on a minute. You're going to know who it is since I tell you. <laughs> Find out next week on Who's Jack Fucking. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's kind of a random thing today, but I thought I would just run with it. Because I'm being serious, because I always fa- was fascinated with it growing up, that he was plowing these chicks. <laughs> Bridget Fonda. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So he was fu- he was plowing her. He was fondling Fonda. Yep, he was plowing her. <laughs> and then Bridget Fonda, and then and then eventually, I don't know which was first, he was fucking one of the first, and then the next one, but you gotta <laughs> love that they were taking Jack's sack, you know? <laughs> gotta love it next week on jack's sack (laughs) so here's here's a a further storyline here for this uh 
Carolyn has been sent to live with her aunt and uncle in an effort to hide her from the clutches of the ghostly Reverend Kane. But he tracks her down and terrorizes her in a relative's apartment in a tall glass building where he finally achieves his target and captures Carolyn again. Or will Tangina be able... God damn, I have an ad already. Shit. Sorry. Uh, Carolyn again. Or will Tangina be able yet again to thwart him? Well... We do know that at some point... This is a bizarre ad. It's like a kid's ad, too, for this iPad Laura game. Flynn Boyle's going to be taking the caretaker's cock. <laughs> so... She'll be the cock, the the cock taker. Cock, if you guys want to watch The Shining, it is now streaming on Tubi absolutely free, uncut. Uh, the reason we didn't do it on this episode is because it's two hours plus. I actually like this commercial. It's the Backstreet Boys. It's some kind of, like, downy commercial. It's pretty funny. Yeah, it's funny. I know what we're Just let me know when it's back on, and we'll, uh, that way I don't fuck this up, the timing. All right, just waiting on Downey to finish their Backstreet Boys ad. Gotcha. Although in my bathroom, I also have a signed tour poster of Backstreet Boys. Awesome. I doubt I'm kidding, but that would be pretty cool. I don't want to pee with them watching me pee. Okay, it's back on. I'm at six minutes, six minutes and 44 seconds. I'm sure you're ahead somehow. Nope. Okay, we're, we're just good. now getting on the elevator. the elevator. We're good. Yeah, they're just now getting on the elevator. Yeah. She's powdering her nose. Yeah. Yeah, we're good to go. Well, yeah, this movie's a lot of fun from what I remember. It's been a while. Uh, we can pull up some uh, little facts here. and Trivia, courtesy of IMDb, which I always love to look at myself. And just to get the little... Fun fast. God, there is so much shit on here. That's all the Heather. We're not going to cover the Heather O'Rourke stuff. It's well known, documented, whatever. It's morbid to talk about. I'm not going to touch on any of that. Just, just as a preface to this. So, if it's like a maybe a trigger warning for for you people, which that should be addressed in every Phantasm episode anyway. But <clears throat> we're not going to cover that stuff because um, that this whole thing with this trivia stuff, the first thing they bring up is like this gigantic fucking paragraph of all this. Stuff. I'm, I'm just not covering it. Uh, with that being said, uh, Craig T. Nelson was approached to play Steve Freeling again, but he declined. Two was enough, he says. <laughs> so that's kind of funny. Uh, Speaking of two is enough, um, I want to thank our sponsor this week, Liberty Mutual Insurance. Liberty, liberty, liberty. <laughs> uh, all right. <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, after filming of the scene where the cars chase Patricia and Bruce, the car's explosion set the entire set on fire, almost taking a crew member and a few cameras he was rescuing. Uh, when Heather O'Rourke showed up for filming the next day and heard about the incident from the director, she was relieved that no one was hurt. And then she asked Sherman, did you get the shot? Very professional. Um, at around 27 minutes, Tom Skerritt makes a reference to Brian De Palma's carry to Nancy Allen. This is presumably an in-joke, as Allen had starred in that film as uh, Chris Harginson back in 1976. That is true. Pretty cool. The beginning That's of the a f- movie I don't like. I want to yeah. touch on this briefly. I've never liked that movie. I love Brian De Palma. I'm a huge fan of his stuff, especially Scarface and Body Double. Of course. In The Untouchables, which is my favorite Kevin Costner movie. But I 
never could get into Carrie, and I love Stephen King. If you've ever listened to Phantasm before, you know that I do. But I can't get into that movie. I just, I just don't like it. Yeah, I, I do. Like I do like uh, the Rage Carrie too. Never liked the original. No, I'm not talking about that. I, I'm talking about the old 1976 Carrie. Yeah, movie. I just. And I'm saying that's the only one I could watch. The second one. I don't I like anything never... about it. I think it's boring, and I think it's <laughs> slow. And I love Brian De Palma, but that is not a good movie. I could never get into it. With John Lithgow and John Travolta, and I think Nancy Allen might be in that movie as well. That's a really good movie. Like I said, I love his films, De Palma, but I carry. I just I can't. I can't do it. Yeah. Can't do it. We'll do it Continue live. Let's see. At the beginning of the film, the characters mistakenly believe that the weather outside is cold. When they descend from the upper floors to the ground level, however, they find that it is, in fact, quite warm. The phenomenon of weather varying from upper to lower floors actually does occur at the Hancock Center in Chicago. Due to the building's height, residents often call the lobby doorman before leaving their apartments to find out what conditions are like at level ground. Huh. Uh, Larry Flynn Boyle's film debut. So this is a real... Is it, does this still exist? Yeah. It's still there. No shit. Uh, Lara There's Flint. a mall in the place these people live? Yeah. Damn. Uh, Larry Flynn Boyle, this is her film debut. Larry Flynn Boyle? Yeah, Larry. Larry Flynn Boyle. <laughs> <laughs> Lara Flynn Boyle's film debut. Laura. 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 Yeah. Lara. She spells it weird. L-A-R-A. I guess it's Laura. Still. You're cracking me if you're like Larry Flynn Boyle. Larry Flynn Boyle's film debut. It's also Larry Flynn Laura Boyle. Flynn Boyle. <laughs> Larry, yeah, Larry Flint's de- film debut. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know this was her first movie. So this is before Jack was fucking her. Yeah. This is before the Jack Cockleson, yeah. I know her from some films, too. Holy shit. Uh, damn. I'm going to have to look it up here in a minute. Uh Realizing early on CGI would take over the film-making process eventually, Gary Sherman wanted to film Poltergeist 3 entirely without any CGI and instead with real on-set special effects. It took him an entire year of planning all setups, and every single scene was storyboarded. Oh. Interesting. Uh, in the credits, the film is dedicated to Heather O'Rourke, of course. Uh, awesome. The theme running throughout this movie is that the mirrors contain the spirits, meaning there are many shots with everything is reflected perfectly except for one startling aberration. This was achieved via a few different methods, such as split screen and traveling mats. However, the most commonly used method was room doubling. The mirror isn't there. There is a constructed, a perfect mirror image room connected to the foreground one that begins where the mirror should be, and the actors have body doubles with their backs to cameras who imitate their motions. A metronome was running throughout those body double scenes in order to help the performers act in synchronous. Uh, God damn it! Synchronicity, a simple theatrical technique done well that repeatedly gives an unnerving paranormal effect. It's also a great uh, police album. Uh, I was about to say that's a <laughs> fabulous police album. One of my favorites. We listened to the last time I saw you. We were in uh, Orlando. Correct. It's it's a great travel album. It's one of the greatest albums ever written, I think, in my opinion. Uh, Zelda Rubenstein had to leave the production midway because of her mother's death. That's awful. Uh, according to the film, yes, a, a supervising dialogue editor, Corey Burton, smoked half a pack of cigarettes before recording his lines as Henry Kane in order to achieve the required raspy quality and then kept smoking throughout the recording session. Huh. That's pretty hardcore. 
Lack of funding for the film compromised the story, and at least 10 to 15% of the script was unfortunately never filmed. The original script was 117 pages, which could have been a two-hour film. Uh, director Gary Sherman felt that the movie was too short. This was due to the budgetary constraints, and therefore 17 pages from the movie script were never filmed. Explaining Jeez. why some parts of the film felt, feel unfinished or rushed, the editors had to stitch together a vaguely coherent story out of what little footage they had to work with. Uh... In this film, Carol Ann's name is spoken a total of 121 times, which I know this is why Jeez. one of the main reasons why I remember from this is that Siskel and Ebert gave it two thumbs down. That was like the main thing they complained about was the name calling and stuff. Uh, much is said about the ridiculous number of times that the name Carol Ann is spoken in the movie, but in most of those instances, it's a somewhat distant sounding ghostly voice of the antagonist. Speaking her voice in order to... Uh, coax her into a particular direction or the name spoken by people running around looking for her. Meanwhile, the entire movie's plot has people running around looking for Carol Ann, who is lost in the mirror seems to be there when she isn't. In other words, most of the time Carol Ann is spoken in the movie, it occurs off screen while action is occurring on screen. Uh, and credits explain that the role of Reverend Kane had originally been portrayed by Julian Beck. Uh, this is the only film in the trilogy that did not receive any Oscar nominations. Interesting. The producers were granted permission to use the John Hancock Tower in Chicago for shooting, providing that none of the building's residents would be disturbed. The 60-person crew took four weeks just to figure out the logistics, and ultimately the tenants never even noticed the film was shooting there. It's insane. Uh, although most of the film is set in Chicago's John Hancock Center, the shopping area and parking garages seen in the film do not exist in the Hancock Center, so that's the answer to that. That was... The shopping area, especially the escalators seen immediately before the art gallery sequence, is across the street in the Water Tower Place shopping mall. Uh, the parking garage is definitely not the Hancock Centers. It was filmed in a high-rise du uh, dual tower complex called Oak Brook Terrace in a suburb of uh, west, west of Chicago. So there's your answer to that. The mall thing is actually across the street. Uh, a challenge for the marketing team who had to compile advertisements shortly after Heather O'Rourke's passed away was to make sure it didn't look like the filmmakers at MGM were trying to exploit her death. It took a while for that to happen, if I remember correctly, for them to actually... Add, 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 add. Add, 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 Okay. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> Director Gary Sherman was intent on testing Heather O'Rourke's acting skills for this film. While Carol Ann is a main character throughout the film, so she isn't given much to do in terms of dramatic moments and scenes. Sherman wrote several pages of script giving her actual dialogue, character interactions, and development to which her work uh, approved of. Sadly, most of these scenes could not be filmed when the budget was unexpectedly slashed. Uh, Even though Stephen, Diane, and Robbie don't appear in the film, they are mentioned by name by several characters, most notably by Carol Ann, Pat, and Bruce. Tangina also says that she got her necklace from a powerful medicine man who walked among the spirits, an obvious reference to Taylor and Poltergeist to the other side. Interestingly enough, Carol Ann's sister, uh, Dana, is once again never mentioned by name. This was likely done out of respect for the deceased actress, Dominique Dunn. Um, as a result, over the dozen pages worth of script not being able to be filmed... How fucking ad is this? This is weird. <laughs> due to budget cuts, Gary Sherman... The fuck is that? I don't know. I'm back on. Okay. <clears throat> He's uh, got a pot of coffee here. <clears throat> pot of coffee? Yep. Okay. 
Uh, Gary Sherman's initial cut of the film that had been submitted to MGM was a mere 80 minutes long, deciding that the film was too short to be theatrically released. Actually, on my screen, it's people getting dropped off at school. That's where I'm at right now, too. Okay. They're in a fucking van. Yeah. Uh, deciding that the film was too short to be theatrically released, Sherman was forced by the studio to reinsert several moments of end scenes that he otherwise would have cut just to pad out the runtime. The script was eight inches thick because it laid out the storyboards, camera movements, and technical setups. Steve uh, Fake, I can't, I hope that's right, uh, screenwriter of Horror Classic When a Stranger Calls was brought in to do a few uncredited rewrites to the script during pre-production. Interesting. <clears throat> When director Gary Sherman was approached by MGM to do this film, he initially refused, but wound up doing it as a favor to his mentors at MGM. He had three stipulations. It had to be filmed in Chicago, it had to be filmed at the John Hancock Center, and all the special effects had to be practical. It seems like he got all his wishes. <clears throat> Although there was an internet rumor that Jerry Goldsmith was originally contracted to score this film... Uh, but quit due to budget cuts and then supposedly you, his unused P, P, what? P3 score later in The Haunting, this rumor is untrue. Goldsmith was unhappy with the results of Poltergeist 2 The Other Side and did not have an intent in doing the third film. Also, it's clear that MGM did not want to spend the extra money they knew it would cost to hire Goldsmith. Considering that Poltergeist 3 was being made on a lower budget than the last film, ultimately Poltergeist 3 was scored by uh, Joe Renzetti, who Gary Sherman recommended having worked with Renzetti previously on his other low-budget movies. <coughs> uh, we'll wrap this up here. There's a lot. <coughs> 200,000 square feet of uh, film sets were built, including the recreation of the three floors of the John Hancock Center, both for exterior and interior shots. The apartment was a set, and the hallway and the staircase scenes were filmed on a set. The roof of the John Hancock Center was used extensively. The swimming pool scene was also filmed on location. Uh, director Gary Sherman and his girlfriend are both uh, dotting on Heather O'Rourke during filming. They would regularly take her out to dinner and spend time together. <coughs> Carol Ann has a speaking spell on her bed. The Texas Instruments handheld computer game made famous. It was already popular in E.T., which was, the, much. which was the sister production of Steven Spielberg's Poltergeist. Um... Producer David E. Kelly has quite a connection to this film. He cast Tom Skerritt and Zelda Rubenstein in the Emmy Award-winning TV drama Picket Fences after seeing them together in this film. The character of Skerritt's daughter was played by Holly Mary Combs on, this sh on the show. That character is reminiscent in character and the physicality to Laura Flynn Boyle's character Donna Gardner in this film, who portrayed another famous Donna on Twin Peaks, a show that heavily influenced uh, Fences. Nancy Allen was originally cast to portray the town's mayor in season two of Picket Fences, but had to drop out due to her contractual obligations to appear in Robocop 2 and 3. That role was then filled by Leigh Taylor Young. Corey, I'll tell you one thing that you don't want in this world is not good, having good car insurance. Yeah. Liberty Mutual <laughs> car insurance. Get great insurance for your home, rental apartment, or car. You can request a free quote or enter your zip code. If you want to call them directly, call 844-349-8391. Again, Liberty Mutual, uh, a great sponsor here on Phantasm Podcast. Insurance, there's a little number you'll never forget. Did you know that Liberty Mutual has <laughs> Liberty <laughs> Mutual.
<laughs> Thank you very much. Liberty Mutual Insurance, kids. Check it out. Uh. <coughs> <coughs> Fuck. <laughs> Jesus we Christ. like to have sponsors. We've got a real good sponsor now, Liberty Mutual Insurance. We do. Uh, speaking of mutual, uh, Liberty Mutual Insurance, the working title for this film was We're Back, Poltergeist Continues. So glad they didn't do that. Oh, God. It's pretty bad. It's like that, we're back, a dinosaur story. Right, which I do love. I have that on Blu-ray. But, uh, no, it's amazing, but it's, it, when, I, when you say we're back, I immediately go to that cartoon. That's what I think of, too, yeah. It's pretty funny. There is Reverend She's Kane. part of the movie, that lady right there, I love her. Yeah. She's always like, Caroline. Yeah, Caroline. Caroline. Isn't that her grandma? No, she's the the chick from the first film. She's the fucking oh uh, yeah, the uh, psychic chick. Psychic, yeah. Yeah. She's like, hey, Ryan, you got, <laughs> you got demons in your head, darling. <laughs> but, uh, I think she's deceased too, which is really depressing. But. Yeah. Uh, in March in eighty nine. Fairfield Research Inc., a video trade advertising study. The commercial for the video cassette release of this film, featuring Bobo, Robert Well from Moonstruck, was the number one most recalled TV spot by video retailers in the, its release period. It's weird. Bizarre. Uh, the light that Dr. Lesh spoke about in the Poltergeist that appeared at the climax of Poltergeist 2 the other side, and that Tangina mentions at the end of this film may derive from more stories that pilots claim to have seen in combat or what people have claimed to have witnessed during near-death experiences. Which is that Tangina? Is that that old lady? Yeah. Okay. Word. Uh, well, yeah. Well, yeah. It has to be her, yeah. Tangina. Yeah, it's Zelda Rubenstein. Yeah. Very She's cool. Great. And she died in wow, that's crazy. Yeah, she's been dead for a long time, I think. It'll be this Thursday when she died, like in 2010. <clears throat> oh God! So it's pretty close to the time. Man. So 13 years ago, this Thursday. One of the horror conventions I went to eons ago, she was supposed to have been and had to cancel for health reasons, which sucks. Yeah, it does suck. Um, but you know, shit. I'm not that she canceled, but just that I never got to meet her. I thought it would have been cool. Oh yeah. You know. I'm trying to see who this Why guy we, is. I think we should go visit uh, Chuck Shoulder. You want to do it? Want to do the altering the future? Let's do it, man. I, I'm actually excited to do the music for this one. Okay, this is 1988. We're gonna go back to 1988. On this episode's Altering the Future. Altering the Future! Now, if you've never tuned into Phantasm before, you have. You always know the whole spiel. Uh, Altering the Future will take you back to the time of the film we're currently watching, uh, this being 1988. So I cover the movies from 1988. And the Doctor will cover uh, the music releases from 1988 and sometimes adult film, depending on the day. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> you make it, 
because I didn't do it last time. So. Yeah, and I, I know we, you know whether we we always do this, even if we've done it a billion times or not. It's just always fun to do this. Um, I'll start with one real quick that I actually watched recently that I hadn't seen it was uh, Vampire's Kiss with Nicolas Cage. Uh, it's it is a lot of fun if you go into it not expecting anything it's a dark comedy that's what it's ruled as but it's very and there's a hand coming out of the fucking holy shit um just need some coffee the reverend kane there you go um yeah it's a bizarre ass movie but it's hilarious it's one of nicholas cage's best movies uh elvira mistress of the dark uh you got <clears throat> Who Framed Roger Rabbit? You got The Land Before Time, which Catherine O'Rourke, or Catherine O'Rourke, uh, Heather O'Rourke was also in. She played Ducky, which I loved. Uh, Scooby Doo and the Ghoul School. You got Oliver and Company. Uh, got My Neighbor Totoro. You got Beetlejuice. Uh, you got Scrooged. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 4. I got an ad. God damn it. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, The Dream Master. Uh, Twins. Short Circuit 2. Friday the 13th Part 7, The New Blood. Okay, I'm back already for some reason. Yeah, it was like two second long. Uh, Willow. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Critters 2. Child's Play. License to Drive. Love it. Uh, the Blob, which if you guys want to hear our very first episode on Phantasm, which we might revisit this year, uh, we are gonna revisit stay it. stay tuned. <clears throat> stay tuned for our s- sixth year. Sixth year. Uh, the first episode we ever did was The Blob, 1988, so we're going to redo that. Uh, just be on the lookout for our wonderful anniversary episode. Uh, Big with Tom Hanks. Uh, the Naked Gun. The Night Before with Keanu Reeves. Uh, Mac and Me. Uh, Big Top Pee Wee, Cocoon, uh, Cocoon the Return, a move. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Uh, Richard Pryor moving. Uh, Return of the Killer Tomatoes. Uh, Crocodile Dundee two. Uh, Caddyshack two, which I love. Thank you, Doctor, for showing me that movie. It's really good. Uh, Die Hard, Red Heat. Uh, Bloodsport, that's a West classic. That is a West classic. And yep. probably... It's probably your favorite this favorite. year. That's, yeah, I, I, I love me some Van Damme. Man. It's good I, stuff. I've never gotten tired of it. I grew up with the shit. I love it. It's, it's my favorite yep. stuff in the world. Someone the other day, real quick, was sitting there giving me shit for not liking Jackie Chan, and I was like, just give me Van Damme. Right. Oh, yeah, all day. I don't like Jackie Chan. I just don't like him. I think he's clowny and goofy. I don't like him. Yeah. I like serious martial arts stuff. That is not serious to me. I love Van Damme. I know it's cheesy to probably a lot of younger people. Don't care. Love it. <laughs> uh, one that we actually popped up on TV while we were looking at stuff, uh, Red Scorpion came out in 98 with, with Lundgren. Uh, Action Jackson, which I love. Carl Weathers. Love it. Uh, Above the Law, Steven Seagal. Miss, missing an action three, Chuck Norris. So there's a lot of good it's action. It's terrible, shit. but it's fun. It is. Uh, Midnight Run, great movie. Uh, One of uh, actually that that probably supersedes that. Yeah, it's a good one. That is that is that and Heat mm-hmm. and they're Todd are my favorite two De Niro movies ever. Yeah. Those movies are both. Great. If you guys have the Peacock app, you can watch 
midnight run on there in high definition and it's just it's just a beautiful movie i love it it's good shit here's two more west classics you got rainbow uh, rambo three and the deadpool with clint eastwood part of the okay so i, I don't have a favorite. all of those i love yeah that's my favorite clint eastwood movie besides good the bad and the ugly i love the deadpool this is just it's on Tubi anymore. It was. It was on there for months. What a what a great fucking movie. This is just that movie. Liam Neeson, yeah. Guns and Roses. I mean, it's it's Jim Carrey. He's he's the, the fucking fake singer for Guns and Roses. Yeah. Actual like guitar in it or something. Yeah. It's amazing. And it was before Guns and Roses had blown up. So it's really yeah. love the movie. It's a great fucking film. It's the last Dirty Harry movie he ever did. It's yeah. the shit. That movie's hilarious, and it's violent. It's awesome good stuff uh maniac cop got hell comes to Frogtown with the late and great roddy piper yep it's a good movie this is just a this is a dr west year 1988 we got young guns oh god i like i said i can't I, I, all of these are <laughs> they're west classics that's such a great young guns is young guns 2 is terrible the first young guns is incredible yeah oh you got zombie 3 uh Let's see, there's just weird listing here. They're not really in any kind of... Order. I love Rambo 3, too. Rambo 3 yeah. is a really good movie. Now you got Parents. You got Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. That one's fun. Uh, Waxwork, which is one we've done. Love it. Uh, you got Sleepaway Camp 2, which is a turd. <coughs> Can't deal with any of those Here's another like... West favorite, The Nest. No, thank you. Um, what else? You got Akira... Which if if you hate anime, that's that's like the only film I would ever recommend. Even if you don't, uh, that's a great movie. I can't deal with it. I, I know people don't understand. I just, the anime stuff just don't. Know. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's outside of all that. That's like the only one I'd be like. Okay. I remember it being crammed on me by my buddy a long time ago, and I I just, I just can't do it. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, great film though. Uh, Monkey Shines. Uh, that scared the shit out of me when I was little. Still does. Uh, Rain Man. Got cocktail. Yeah, it's bad. It's, it's bad. Uh, cocktail. Tom Cruise. Love you, Tom. Can't deal with that one either. I love Tom, but I hate that movie. Uh, brain damage. Gorillas in the mist. Well, that was a big one for some reason. These are all thumbs down from Doctor West. Yep, thumbs down. And uh, I guess I'll. Well, now we got some more. I got Hellraiser. Hellbound was the second film. It sucks. Uh, Phantasm Two. <clears throat> it's great. Everyone hates it. I think it's it's probably my favorite. It's uh, good movie. Serpent in the Rainbow. It's a really good Wes Craven movie. It is. Howling Four. It's uh, terrible. Got Night of the Demons. Yeah, I think that movie's overrated, but I like it okay. Yeah, that's all right. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? Are they at the museum on your screen? Yes. Oh, it's like an art gallery thing. You know what I mean, whatever. Uh, Layer of the White Worm. Return of the Living Dead Part 2. I don't like that movie. It's pretty bad. Uh, As you can expect. Got the brain, dead heat. It's just a bunch of crap. What else we got? There was one other thing. There's one other thing. You're talking about the thing with Joe Piscopo. I love that movie. Yeah, Dead Heat's good. Um, Nine Seven Six Evil. Love it. Let's see. Let's see. Other, uh, well, 
whatever. I guess I'll just go with my last one, and that is They Live. Yeah, I mean, they're that and see that again. Yep. <laughs> I, I don't have a favorite movie. There's too many. I grew up on all that stuff. I love every movie you just mentioned when I spoke about it in a positive light. So. Yep. Yeah, a lot of a lot of bangers in uh, '88. Really, really good year for Blood movies. Sport is yeah, it's really good. Young Guns is great. Rambo Three is great. Midnight Runs great. Yeah. They Live is great. I mean, all that stuff. Yeah, they're all great. It's good stuff. But that covers the movies. Uh, if there's any we left out, you can listen to our other '88 episodes, and uh, <laughs> you can I probably listed other ones. Right. So there you go. And now on to the music here. Courtesy. Now with the music, I only list stuff that I like. So right. if you don't like that, then you might want to fast forward through this segment. Let's hear so it. here we go. These are all things I own or have owned or love. Uh, Malaya Rage, Kill to Survive, underrated band. I believe they're from the Boston area. Never heard One of it. My thrash bands, huh? Who was it? Malaya Rage. Never heard them. Love them. I'll have to check it out. Uh, this company put out a bunch of uh, reissues of their stuff, and I spent a fortune on buying them. I'm a huge fan. Nice. Um, let's continue on. And again, I'm, there's going to be stuff here. Oh, he didn't mention that. Well, it's because I don't like it. <laughs> um, Quiet Riot's self-titled album, QR. Nice. Which... Uh, Kevin DeBro was not on vocal duties on this. It was the uh, uh, I can't think of the cat's name, but it was the vocalist from um, Oh shit, I can't think of the other band he was in. But anyway, it's a great album. Uh, Hurricane's self album Over the Edge, which their vocalist is now and has been forever for like I don't know ten years in Foreigner. Um, but it has Rudy Sarzo's brother, the bass player for Quiet Rod and Whitesnake, on guitar in there. So um, it's, a, it's a really good fucking record. I'm, I'm a huge fan of it. Um, uh, Forbidden, Forbidden Evil, their debut album. Bay Area Thrash at its best. Good shit. Hands down, my favorite Bay Area Thrash band ever exists. Uh, fun fact about Forbidden. Uh, Rob Flynn was an original member of that band before he joined Bonds. It's pretty awesome. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne's No Rest for the Wicked, underrated album. I fucking love it. It's, uh, uh, is it the first Zach Wilde album? It is. Nice. That's good. It's got good stuff on it. Uh, uh, Pestilence, Malleus Mavarkarium. It's a good one. It, it whips ass. It's got Corey's vocalist on it that he likes from Pestilence before yeah. he left. It has to, it's fixed, uh-huh. yeah. It's good shit. Uh, the debut album from Bullet Boys. Huge fan of the band. Good Love stuff. them. Think they're great. Uh, my favorite <laughs> album from Anthrax. State of Euphoria. Nothing touches it. It's the best thing they ever fucking did. Amen. That's just my opinion. Kicks blow my fuse. More hairband shit. Love it. King Diamond Them. Love it. It's good shit. Uh, a rarity. A lot of people don't like this album. I do. I actually physically own it. It's worth about 200 bucks. Celtic Frost, Cold Lake. Yep. Uh, the debut album from Danzig. Love it. Everyone knows, listen to this podcast. I love Danzig. Erie Vaughn's on this podcast every fucking year. I love him for Halloween. God bless you, Erie Vaughn, and I love Danzig. Love that album. It's fucking kicks ass. It's great. Uh, moving on. What we got here? Death Leprosy. 
A lot of people don't like that album. Don't give great. a shit. Think great. Had Amazing. it when it was brand new. And fun mm-hmm. fact for you kids, it came out the day after my birthday. It came out August twelfth, nineteen eighty eight. Amazing. Uh, the debut album from Winger must be a Winger episode. Uh, came out August tenth. Huge fan of the band. Love that album. It's fucking kicks ass. It's great. Love it. Uh, one of my favorite records from my childhood: Coroner's Punishment for Decadence. So good. Incredible record. A lot of people label them as thrash. I consider them a death metal band. Call it what you want. Uh, Punishment for Decadence, 1988. It's great. Uh, one of my favorite records ever made, the self-titled debut from Rigor Mortis. Oh, yeah. July 19th, 1988. It's a great album. It's good shit. Kicks ass. If you've never listened to it, go listen to it. Overkill's Under the Influence. Great album. Uh, it's got Drunken Wisdom on there. It's one of my favorite songs. Uh, it's really, really good. The best album ever from Death Angel. Frolic Through the Park. I love it. Oh, yeah. It's my fucking favorite. That album fucking rules. Kicks ass. Buy it. It's great. Um, let's see here moving on this is a weird one but I love it my favorite album from Striper In God We Trust that's great. a great album love it think it kicks ass uh, Violence uh, Eternal Nightmare speaking of Bay Area Thrash good record is it forbidden no it's not uh, moving on my favorite album from Nuclear Assault Survive yeah June 13th 1988 that album fucking rules why don't you think for yourself damn right Good shit. It is incredible. Love the band. Think they're great. Um, funny enough, just had this guy on a few months ago on uh, Godless Heathens. You can check out the interview with the vocalist. Uh, Ravens, nothing exceeds like excess, and has my favorite lyric by the band. It says, uh, oh, uh, God, what is the, um, I can't remember. Oh, uh, God, what is the lyric for that? Oh, come on, give me a fucking break. (laughs) Which I wish everybody would just give me a fucking break. Um, The debut album, More Hairband Stuff from Britney Fox. Love this band. They they sound like fucking uh, Nazareth, kind of. I love them. I saw Britney Fox in concert. They were really loud. I know that's weird, but I love all this stuff. If you're into that kind of shit, check out Goblet Seedens, where I kind of delve into some of that stuff. Love this debut album from Britney Fox. It kicks ass. It's great. Um, Vinnie Moore's Time Odyssey which is a guitar virtuoso album from Vinnie Moore a lot of you may know him from UFO he's in UFO he replaced Michael Shanker I have an uh, ad, UFO, <coughs> he's, ad sorry. he's a virtuoso guitarist it's a, that's a great album there's no there's no vocals on it it's all it's all just add 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 sorry add add oh, add, sorry. add. Hershey's Kisses add uh, uh, let's see here Van Halen's OU812 Love the guitar playing on this album. Rest in peace, Edward Van Halen, the best guitar player to ever live on this planet. Um, um, Marty Friedman and Jason Becker's Cacophony go off. Nice. It's a great album. It's a bunch of noodling and stuff. It's fucking rules. It's really good. Um, Pantera's fucking uh, power metal. Uh, it is a uh, unofficial release from Pantera that you would have to listen to as a bootleg. It's quite good. Um, the best album Flotsam and Jetsam ever did No Place for Disgrace yeah. the Jones which is an instrumental on that album was the first thing fun fact that I ever learned to play on drums and bass nice I'm back on the movie Blind Guardians Bent Battalions of Fear very early power metal those guys don't get any credit they're an amazing power metal band I love them uh, just think they're great uh, Vinnie Vincent Invasion good show um, 
and this is all systems go. It has the song Love Kills on it uh, from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4. Correct. It's a great record. You should check it out. It's awesome. Uh, the best album, in my opinion, Testament ever did, The New Order. Oh, yeah. Uh, my favorite album from 1988, Queen's Rock's Operation Mindcrime. Love Nothing it. touches it. Love it. Nothing compares to it. It's progressive rock with metal and just over the top lyrics and a conspiracy and just a what a great album. Probably one of the uh, best uh, concept albums as well. Like period. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Um, but for metal, it was it was like a new thing, and they used Peter Collins who worked with Rush. It's just a great album. It is. Uh, World Dane, rest in peace. Sanctuary's. Uh, Refuge Denied so uh, came out that year. It's, it's incredible. It's it's such a great fucking album. I uh, love Sanctuary. Uh, was happy we got Warl on before something happened to him. I think it fucking kicks ass. Yeah, he was so uh, great to talk to. And did American Werewolf in London at his request, and it was so much fun to do. And yeah, it was uh, awesome. Cool, cool dude. Rest um, in peace. Uh, Fate's warning. No exit. Uh, tried to get uh, one of their founders on this podcast. It never happened. We do need to dig out the interview I did with Ray, their vocalist, for whatever reason at the time I didn't want to do it because I didn't get Jim Mateos, which pissed me off. I'm a huge fan of like prog rock and metal, so I love, of course, Fate's Warning, No Exit, great album. Um, the debut album from Kingdom Come, uh, their vocalist Lenny Wolf is a German badass. I love him. He's been in multiple bands. Kingdom Come's probably his most successful outing that he ever did. A huge fan of his. Love to get him on the podcast. I'm a huge fan of Lenny Wolf. Uh, Vicious Rumors, Digital Dictator. Uh, had uh, Jeff Thorpe on the podcast. Probably going to get him again here in like a month. Uh, hopefully, if I can get that worked out. Uh, or Corey can get that worked out for me. Um, Absolutely. Have Jeff Thorpe back on from Vicious Rumors. Huge fan. Um, Great interview, too. Be sure to check it out on uh, yeah. Godless Heathens, our yeah. other podcast. Uh, definitely Lita check Ford, it out. Uh, her debut album, or not debut album, but her, one of her later records, Lita, which blew her up. She did like a, date, a duet on there with uh, Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. I love that record when it came out. It was just a lot of fun. Um, and let's see. That is it for music. Now, if I've got time, do I have time? We need to do some triple uh, X flicks. I am. We can pull out a few of them, yeah. Kind of into this movie hard right now. It's actually kicking Here up. Here we go. Weekend delights. <laughs> a little interracial sex, a little gang action. <laughs> Come to uh, me, Carolyn. Carolyn. Angel puss. <laughs> that that has to be good. Saddle tramp. <laughs> it's horror. A bunch of horse riding Jeez. sluts. Candy's little sister shook. Damn. Susie cream cheese. <laughs> Anthony Spinelli's dirty girls. Very nice. That's actually a good movie. I've seen that. It's a good horny uh, horny movie. Yeah, the dirty girls, the Anthony Spinelli thing. Anthony Spinelli did some really nasty horror movies when I was growing up. <laughs> um. If you had Peter North jizzing in Chick's face, his gallon <laughs> could really go wrong. Which Peter North uh, is a huge Broken Hope fan. He loves death metal, so shout out to Peter North. Death metal. Are you serious? Yeah. He's he's like listed and, cre- and credited on that Omen of Disease album. That's insane. And he's like friends with uh, Jeremy, and uh, 
he's like a huge fan of of Broken Hope. I don't know about any other bands, but he he supports Broken Hope, so it's pretty insane. Oh, so that's shout out to Peter North and his gallons of fucking cum. Good good for you, dude. Here we go, Phileo Breast. <laughs> Grind, if you can believe that. There's a porno movie called Grind. It's, it's just weird. We were talking about that before we started recording. The skateboard movie from 2003. It's wild. Lay down and deliver. <laughs> Pleasure principle. Phone mates. <laughs> Hot pink with chocolate brown. <laughs> Miss Moscow. The Catwoman. That Catwoman movie is nasty. <laughs> like nasty hot, not nasty bad. Yeah. Top top heavy. <laughs> I love you, Molly Flynn. I think it's t- t- top heavy. Sex, a- sex, sex aliens. <laughs> so is top heavy a, a dwarf fucker classic? No, it has nothing to do with that. It's just, that's just I guess just big tits. I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes more sense. Um, prom Girls. Once Upon a Temptress. <laughs> Pillow Man. Uh, Do one more, hold on. <laughs> oh. Part-time Stewardess. Final <laughs> Taboo. It's like one of the many, uh, one of the many uh, taboo movies. Those are always hot. Yeah. Um, the Bitches of Westwood. <laughs> The, a play on the Tim Curry movie, which I think was a TV film, The Witches of Eastwick. That's pretty funny. No, that's a that's not a Tim. That's a that's a Dickelson movie. Oh, I thought it was Tim Curry for some reason. Nope. Weird. Continue. Instead of Dirty Dancing, it's called Fucky Dancing. <laughs> Little oh. Red Riding Slut. That's <laughs> for sex. The Love Game, A Girl Named Sam, Asses. <laughs> they made like 2,000 of those. It was like Asses 2,000 in space. She Mail Toga Party. <laughs> Aerobic Sex. That's a good name for a death metal band. His name is She Mail Toga Party. It's incredible. It's A+. Penis Express. <laughs> a Touch of Pleasure. Caught from Behind. Painting at the opera. Excuse me, panting. Excuse me, panting at the opera. (laughs) Makes more sense. Yeah. Oh, well, excuse me, gulp. That would be a good one. If you do one in the early 90s, you can do gulp friction. That would be a good one. Tight end. The 11th Commandment. We got a little uh, crazy stuff. Phone mates. <laughs> Sinners. Magic pool. As we see the swimming pool scene here. 44th floor. Night shift nurses. <laughs> Asses in uniforms. Miami Spice 2. Miami Spice 2 is where I'm going to stop. That movie is fucking nasty. <laughs> Amber Lynn getting fucking that that oh by the way Miami Spice Part One is where that is where this comes from oh yeah swallow the damn thing <laughs> that's what that's from okay yep Randy West getting blown by Amber Lynn in Miami <laughs> well not Part Two this is Part Two from eighty eight Part One's like eighty five or eighty six he's like oh yeah swallow the damn thing. <laughs> 
I remember being a little kid going, God, this is great. <laughs> you know. Anyway, so there's there's just some porn from eighty eight. We'll just we'll just stop with Miami Spice with part two with Swallow the Damn Thing. Even though it's amazing. Ah, oh, that's funny. Uh, I was gonna say that the I was trying to think of who Doctor Seton was in this film. It's actually pretty crazy. Uh, I knew I recognized him for something, but before when I recognized him, and I didn't know what else he did. He's he wrote Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, which is insane. It's like the one of the only things he did after this film, uh, which is a very overrated movie. I just thought it was cool that he wrote that. I just thought it was weird that he's in this film acting and he, what i think i recognize him from uh he was uncredited but he plays tom in maximum overdrive and i do remember that so that's where i've seen his face before and he was in uh he was fink in the untouchables tv series in 94 so i just think that's very weird but awesome <clears throat> you know what else is weird how many people what they pay each month for car insurance Liberty Mutual offers lots of different rates for lots of different circumstances. Liberty Mutual can save you up to 10% a month on your car insurance. <laughs> Liberty Mutual Insurance, proud sponsor here this week at Phantasm Podcast. Yeah, they're a great sponsor, you know, they really uh do a lot for us and they're they're we're happy to showcase them this week on this fan, uh Poltergeist three episode. Yeah, cause, cause kind of like our payment plan for for doing the ads, it will be like a poltergeist. Right. It's there but you'll never see it. So This is weird about uh Laura I'm Flynn. I've got ads. I've got ads. I've got ads. 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 Tom Skerritt smoking a cigarette in the art gallery like a fucking badass, dressed like See, James Bond. I have Bond. to sit and do this stuff because if I don't, because it, it'll just switch on me without me noticing. <laughs> yeah. Because I was staring at my, I was doing my, you know, my Liberty Mutual bit. And I, you know. So Lara, so uh, Lara. Liberty Mutual interrupted <laughs> by actual real commercials. So, so yeah. Laura Flynn Boyle, her first technical movie. She was a character named Heather in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but her scenes were deleted. So this is actually her first. Okay, I'm back, and they're eating dinner. Film debut. They're eating their phantasm dinner. Okay, I gotta skip ahead a second then. Okay, here we go. Are they eating dinner? Or 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 or, or, or no? He's at a party. It just showed like a buffet table, and Tom Skerritt smoking a cigarette. Yes. He's sitting oh, with. Let me, just give, let me just give you a time marker so we can get caught up here. I have it. He's forty and fifty-eight. What is it? Forty-eight fifty-eight. Okay. Let me know when you're at forty-eight fifty-eight. I'm there. I'm right there. We're good. Okay. Yep, he's finishing his cigarette. <clears throat> uh, she was Stacy in Wayne's World. That's definitely where I've also seen her. Besides Twin Peaks, I mean, I've, I know she's on that. Who? Uh, oh, Laura okay. Flynn Boyle. Yeah. So let me tell you the most disturbing movie. This is for you, Corey, and for our audience listeners. If you want to see a disturbing movie, Corey, for you, it's gonna, it's realistically gonna make you think about someone that you were with for a long time. Oh, okay, fair enough. 
watch a movie called Threesome with her in it. Oh, okay. That movie is fucking disturbing. And that movie has uh, Stephen Stephen Baldwin. Listening to this, if you go watch it, I'm not saying because of anything sexual with it. I just think the movie is just straight up disturbing. That's uh, Stephen Baldwin. Interesting. It is a very fucked up movie. That's all I'm going to say about it. All right. But again, it's just it's it mentally. Nothing that's going on in the movie sexually, but mentally that movie is just, uh, it's just a mind fuck to watch it. Yeah. Well, noted. I'll, I'll watch that. Maybe it's on something streaming. I don't know, but I'm telling you it's fucked up. It's a, it's a very weird movie. It's just hard to kind of Google threesome, you know what I mean? So I have to be careful with my wording on that. It came out in 1994. She also did two other films that year. She did Baby's Day Out and The Road to Wellville. Well, let's see. Now, not allowed for our listeners, but you should read a synopsis of it before you move on, and I'll talk for a minute. Okay, let me see. Because it is, yeah. Uh, Tom Skerritt, love him. Of course, when I see Tom Skerritt, I think Top Gun. Yeah, same uh, here. Great in that movie. Two years prior to this, uh, we've got some. Uh, That's some portal action here. Yep. Got some ice monster. It looks like ice ca- ice cum. I don't know. Ice yeah, Jizz Monster. Like that. That's that's actually Bukaki. pretty... It's very bizarre. Bukaki Ice. Yeah. Ugh. That's, the more you look at it, it's not even ice at all. It's just straight fucking... Lo- it's fucking load on them. God damn. Ugh, that's actually pretty disturbing. That's three, the nut. <laughs> the nutting. That's fucking disgusting. The nut. Ugh. Yeah, there's Dr. Seaton there. The Richard Fire. It's just bizarre. Um... What happened? He just Did came you up. Synopsis on that? Not yet. I was I was looking it up here. You sure see. it's fucked up? Anyway, but yeah, uh, this movie. I remember watching this a lot on HBO when it was probably a year old. I had a friend of mine that had HBO. And I'd go to his house and we'd always watch fucking movies and shit. And uh, when I was in, when I was growing up, it was weird because this movie was always fucking on there. I don't know why. They would never show the fucking original or the second one. They would always show this one. It was really weird. I think it's because this movie's like PG or PG-13. Yeah. And they would show it during like the middle of the day on HBO. It was really odd. Huh. But I saw it a bunch. And I'll tell you something really weird. I've probably seen this movie more as much as I love the first film. It's one of my favorite horror movies. But especially it's kind of like Friday 13 Part 1. It's just kind of grown on me a lot over the years, you know. Sure, yeah. Poultry. But what I was going to say is, is this movie specifically, I've seen more than part two or part one because it was just on a lot when I was growing up. Yeah. It wasn't even by choice. It was just, you know, it yeah. was on a lot, so I watched it. I saw this before Top Gun, so this is always what I remember Tom Skerritt from is this film. Interesting. Yeah, but now, you know, as many times... And of course, Alien. If yeah, yeah. Alien out there. Of course. Tom's obviously in that. Yeah. But as many times as I've seen Top Gun and Alien, like, this is always the one I remember him in. Like, mm-hmm. my first thought is is Bruce from Poltergeist 3, which is very bizarre, but that's 
Just the first movie I saw. You him were in. probably wherever you were growing up. You were probably catching a lot of what I'm talking about. But a lot of the, yeah. this, this was just a movie that was shown. A oh lot. yeah, yeah, it was shown a lot, especially HBO. I don't think this movie made a lot of money at the box office. I mean, you feel free to correct me on that, but it just—I know it was all over like television. No, nah, this was low budget as shit, and I don't think it made much. It's like the lowest of the three, obviously. Now she looks fucked when she's like the Reverend Kane Carol. She's like, Rrr. it's very. This film's got some disturbing practical effects. It's very good as far as that. Like, none of the. With the other two, you know, the, I think the second one's a lot of fun. It's not really scary to me. The first one's pretty, pretty kooky. It's it's fun too. But this one's actually got some pretty disturbing scenes in it. Honestly, like it's it's not as comfortable of a watch as the other two are. I think because of the way they shot it and everything. There's just a lot of scenes where I'm not just like, ooh, that's cool. I'm more like, not really grossed out. I'm just kind of like, ugh, you know. Like, there's a lot of scenes of this that are, it's not hard to watch. I don't really know how to describe it. It's just, it's not uh, very pleasant either, you know. Very good. Very good uh, effects here. I think it's interesting they didn't want to come back for, for a third movie when they did a sequel, you know. I mean, yeah. that sequel that sequel is not as good as the first film. No, it's not. I, I think as and, far as the way it was filmed maybe just they didn't really didn't make any money off those films and actors like that they probably want to get into more important roles and not I just, just do horror it's weird that they didn't come back you you i've never understood people it's like oh i did that sequel but i'm not going to do that sequel it's like right. really well i guess they figured this wouldn't be a trilogy you'd have to do part four and part five and you know with the way that horror was going at the time Everything was on their part fours or part sevens, so I mean, they didn't. They probably just didn't want to keep. They should have done it, man. Yeah, I think they should have done it and just did the third ones. They didn't make other ones after this, you know. But uh, I bet they regretted it after. Uh... <laughs> they have like this fake poster instead Mad uh, Mac. Mad yeah, Mad Mac. That's funny. It's actually hilarious. Uh, but when you know Carol Ann passed away i bet most of the actors that didn't come back probably regretted not doing it uh because they i mean i don't know i'm not speaking for them but you figure that they probably didn't want to do it because a they weren't making money doing it and b they didn't want to be stuck in doing like all these sequels to you know over and over and over well, I'm, I'm gonna tell you the truth so maybe they might have been like oh shit we probably should have done Joe it Beth williams that's in the first movie in the second movie but specifically, I'm talking about the first film. Yeah. When I was a kid, I remember her making me just hard as a rock. <laughs> like just a swollen cock. <laughs> like she, she, dude, I, I mean, oh my God, if I could have just smelled her butt back then, I would have fucking came all over myself. <laughs> like, like I, I remember seriously having like one of my first boners from watching her in the first Poltergeist. <laughs> Bonergeist. She's not even naked in it. She's just fucking hot. Yeah. I always thought she was sexy as fuck in that movie. Um, and you got a Dr. Vincent West Bowl of the little boy in Poltergeist. So Poltergeist, you do. Poltergeist is something we're going to have to watch on here because, like we I said, should, yeah. I, I, there are so many West memories on that movie. It, it's uh, two thumbs up. Yeah, yeah, we definitely need to watch it. And if it goes back in the theaters again, we should do that. <laughs> that movie. Well, I did. I totally went and saw it in the theater. Um, but what I was going to say is, like, the that movie's very controversial because there's people that say that Steven Spielberg directed it, even though Toby took the credit for directing it. There's a lot of controversy about that film. 
Yeah. There's a lot of controversy about that. And see, that's not the first time that's happened to Spielberg. Joe Dante, my favorite Joe Dante movie, hands down, is The Burbs. The Burbs is another movie where Spielberg has actually been accused of shooting some of the film. Oh, that's it's weird. It's really interesting. Like, it's it, it's just interesting that if, if he, like, ghost-directed something for some of these directors because he wanted it a certain way. I have no way of proving that. I'm just telling you these are just rumors about two of my favorite movies. But not this movie, but Poltergeist and the Burbs. But did, you know, Spielberg ghost-direct some of those films? Who knows? I have no clue. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Because if you watch Poltergeist, it does not feel like a Toby Hooper. No, it does not. So it wouldn't surprise. Same as the Burbs. The Burbs doesn't really feel like a Joe Dante movie. No. It could be a Spielberg flick. Who knows? I have no way of proving it. This always freaked me the fuck out, this part. Are you watching her stare at that puddle? Yeah. He's like, Carolan. Carolan. This Car- is fucked up. Carolan. Shout out number 90. Carolan. Yeah, it's freaky deaky. Well, the Richard Fire guy kind of looks like John Smoltz. He used to pitch for the Braves, and he commentates on Fox now. I kind of want to kick him in his nuts. Hmm. It's another thing where it's like, it's not John Smoltz, thank God, but kind of want to kick him in his nuts. Gotcha. If you look up a picture of John Smoltz, you'll laugh your balls off. It's actually funny. Gotcha. That guy right there, the doctor guy. Oh, right on now. I want to kick you in your brave nuts. Yeah, this is weird. Love Zelda Rubenstein, though. She's cool as fuck. Yeah, I mean, she's just... She's just consistent and cool in these movies. I can't say that about a lot of shit. Tell us what to do. So they're trying to summon her. Lives out here making a bunch of fucking noise. Trying to summon her from the other side. Because she's stuck there. I always forget how little Zelda is. She's a tiny woman. Leave the feature for a minute because I'm trying to figure out. Well, I'm on an ad now, so. Shit. (coughs) We got Chewy. Get your little doggies. We're getting synced up in a minute. Hold on. This is the only ad, I think, too. It's about to come back on. Pep prescriptions delivered to your door. Chewy. For your little doggies. People would stop fucking... Now I'm I'm back on. (coughs) Here, let's try to sync up. I'm sorry, I had to check something upstairs. You're good. I'm at an hour and 14 seconds. Hold on, are you paused? Yeah, I'm paused. A wonderful scene of Tom and Nancy. I'm at an hour and 37 seconds. Okay. Me 30. Excuse me. Okay, I'm good. Unpause. Yeah, we're good. She's rubbing her medallion. Yep. She's rubbing that medallion. Giving it a rub. Oh, it's Joe Beth Williams that rubbed my young medallion when I was a kid. I would have really enjoyed that. Seriously, that I don't know what it is about her. So I watched that <clears throat> when they put it back in the theater and was sporting wood in that theater. 
something about her. I don't know what it is about her. She's fucking hot. <clears throat> she was on some episodes of the show Dexter, I'm pretty sure, which is cool. I don't remember which ones, but she was on that. Joe Beth Williams? Yeah, she was on that show, reoccurring. Here, let me let me find, because she never did anything like dirty, but let me find a, a good photo of her and just send it to you. Let's see. I'm going to find one. Before she grows up, youth is a strong life force. Okay, while you're doing that, I'm going to send you a picture of a not Richard Fire that's in this film. Because <laughs> you look her up now and she looks like a mongoloid. Well, she's like 74 or something. That's what I'm saying. She's, I mean, she's old, but I'm saying when I was a kid, oh my God. Some sick sprays back then. <clears throat> and now they're just walking through this parking garage, which, as we said earlier, was uh, shot not close to where they were normally filming in this. It was like down the street or something from the apartment building. But now they're back in the, the Carol's room and the door is back to normal. It's no longer poltergeisted where it's all ripped apart and glowing blue shit and smoking. So And there she is. She's just back in there with her speaking spell. It's fucking weird. Yeah, but she's only in the mirrors, which is cool how they're doing that. I like the mirror play in this film. I think it's very interesting. It's fun. It's just cool. Camera name. This website is just fucking a turd. <laughs> I found a great photo of her, but I can't get it to load because it's like just being stupid. Fucking piece of shit. Come back through the mirror, Tangina. You can come back through the mirror, Carol Ann. No, you come here. You come in the mirror. It's like, well, it's probably not Carol Ann there, buddy. She's about to go all Reverend Kane face on her. Which is disturbing just to see. One thing that's very disturbing and effective for me is seeing... Especially little girls when they have, like, old people faces. It's just fucking weird. It's really weird. <clears throat> and they've been doing it this whole movie where it's like, I'm Carol Ann. It's just like, uh Very effective. Uh, the effects are good. It's very convincing. And, and and to have a little girl with a, like, a dead old man face is even, yeah, there it is. It's just fucked up. Not a fan of it. Ah. Oh. They just kill Tangina. Ugh. They got some, like... Oh, that's fucked up. Oh, well, there's, uh... Laura. Yep, she looks like she's got demon spawns growing on her or something. It's disgusting. Just came out of the, the Zelda body. So just, just look up any photos of her from Poltergeist, I guess is what I'm trying to say. She's fucking odd. Okay. Well, look at the doctor on, phone. Every time I try to look up stuff, they show like a photo of her from right now. It's like, and it just makes me <laughs> sad. I'm just like, ugh, you know. 
Ugh, that was gross, that scene. It just came out of like a... a fucking chalky corpse. Yeah, it was gross. Doesn't that look like that, dude? Yes, it does. That's why I want to kick him in his nuts. I understand that. But I, I, like, him in, I like him in this movie. It's fine. But it's reminiscent. It's like, eh, I kind of want to kick you in the nuts. So you look like... Understand. Brave's picture. Understand. It's fine. Uh, yeah, that part was really disgusting. Those effects are really good. Like I said, this movie may may, may, blah, 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 may be a lot of things to people, but the effects are very good, and, and I like the actors in it. Yeah, it's it's great. And I like the Poltergeist storyline and all that stuff is is pretty fun. Even if this is a. Uh, you know, a stinker, which a lot of people would call it. I, I, I'm very entertained so far. It's got a lot. Of... I think this movie's entertaining. But like yeah. I said, I, I do. I think it's the first movie. No, but the second one, even though people love that movie, and I do too, it's not as good as the first one either. I mean, yeah. The first one is just shit. It's like one of my favorite movies, but it's right. I'm not trying to sell people on it. If people don't like it, they don't like it. Right. I can't if take people these do, cool games. You know, that's that's okay too. Yeah, you know, there's a lot to appreciate with these films. They're just they're fun, you know, ghost movies, and, and that they're hard to make now because most of the time they're just not effective or good, and it's a lot of CGI now. And, and this was just the way they made these movies. And then it's just you learn to appreciate them more now, seeing how films are made now. Whereas the practical effects really make a difference in these type of movies back then because it's a lot freakier, it's a lot scarier if, if that's your thing, if you're scared of movies like this, but it's a lot more convincing to me to watch stuff like this. It's just, you get good actors to play the roles and you get really good special effects and, you know, it's a it's a fun watch. It's not miserable like most ghost movies are now, you know. Heavy CGI, just boring jump scare stuff. This isn't jump scare shit. It's just freaky. You know, there's a lot of cool mirror effects in it and stuff like that. It's so, some good shit. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's interesting to see how it was made, and I think it holds up because of you know the effects and all that. It's not like the most amazing thing I've ever seen, but it, you know, it's it's very cool. It's just nostalgic for me just because I watched the hell out of it as a kid. I mean, it's... Yeah, me too. Like this, you know, film I watched early. I remember and, this one being on a lot. I remember it was on all the fucking time. And it's a nostalgic thing because I've had conversations with people like, maybe it's just nostalgia and the movie's bad. It's like, well, that's what makes something good is if you have good memories of it, then you watch it, you know, whether it sucks or not. Nostalgia is a reason why movies that are bad can be good, you know because you have a connection with them that oh shit they just pushed John Smoltz off the elevator damn there you go Laura what the fuck <laughs> that's interesting I don't remember that I just got fucking elevated yeah he's fucking he's toast and the elevator just went up god damn that was crazy See, now I'm just kind of confused. I don't even know what's going on in this movie. I think Reverend Kane's possessing these characters as they're coming back through the the other side. They don't come back as themselves. Like, both of these, both of them are 
like possessed. So that's pretty cool. It's a cool little element. And she kills somebody now they're just making out. It's wonderful. It's, it's a good good time. But yeah, with the whole nostalgia thing, like, you know, a lot of people complain. It's like, well, that movie sucked and you only like it because it was this. Like, Yeah, I do. You know, That's why nostalgia is a good thing in, in a lot of ways because you learn to appreciate shit just because you and you enjoy the film, you know. Ew, that's disgusting. Like, there's a lot of movies I love that I know most people don't like or they're turds, but it's like, I... That doesn't mean shit to me, because I can put it on and have a good time watching it. Puts me in a good mood, you know. Well, I mean, I don't... I don't, I don't need okay, a movie to be... Okay, add in three, two, one, zero, add. Okay, paused. Uh, I don't need a movie to be good necessarily to like it, you know, there's a lot of movies that everyone likes that I don't like and they spent millions of dollars on, you know. Give me a movie like this all day over a lot of those big budget movies that sometimes aren't really good, you know. And these, this I have a connection with. I watched this very early in my horror movie introduction when I started watching movies. Which uh, Linda Blair had her birthday yesterday, so happy birthday to Linda Blair. You know, she's... You know, the Exorcist is the reason I started watching horror movies a lot, so this was one of them pretty close to the time I saw that. You know, this movie was on a lot. And Is it good? Uh, no, Exorcist is. Exorcist is amazing, no matter what anyone would say bad about it. <clears throat> but, you know, a film like this is just a, a fun film to put on, I think. Okay, I'm back on. Tom scary in a uh, stairwell. I'm not there on mine. I'll have to sync it up. I think they're about to go to the stairwell here. They're still walking off. Yeah, there he is. I'm 110.19. Okay, I'm there. I am there. Nancy Allen's running up. Mm-hmm. Running up the staircase. There's Tom Skerritt. Boom, boom, boom. It looked like the same fucking shot I just saw where it's like they kind of used the same thing over it looked like where it was him going up the stairs but it looked like he had already went up the stairs. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah, I don't know. This is a very interesting hallway <clears throat> which I think they said this was a set. Uh, for when I read this whole hallway thing is a set and I think that the scenes with the mirrors in that hallway were also a set. So there's only like a couple things that were actually shot in the actual building <clears throat> which I think was the uh, rooftop and then something else I guess obviously the exterior shots very interesting little dining area here I don't know, it kind of reminds me of like Die Hard, this area I don't know why reminds me a little bit about like a little bit of a yeah I can see that Whatever is Nagatami Tower. It's very cool. So I don't know what the hell they're doing now. They're chasing after the ghost Carol Ann still. Trying to find her. So this film gets a little confusing. It's it's hard when you just have subtitles and you're not listening to the film. Because you can't really... It's a little disorienting sometimes doing this. Because I, I just get lost in what's happening. Because I don't know. Because I... You try hard to pay attention to the words, but it's still without music or 
actual uh, context, it's hard to figure out what the hell's going on. But my guess is, it's pretty straightforward, is that they're looking for Carol Ann still. Even though I don't think they realize that it's not her that they're chasing after. And then the other two are possessed. They dropped uh, old Richard Fire down the elevator shaft, killed him off. So I don't think they know that yet. So he's 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 a corpse. And then uh, I guess Zelda's a corpse because she turned into a fucking Cuco Rancho mummy that uh, yep that Laura came out of. Oh God! As a good, as a good possessed. Are you in Laura. the freezer yet? Yeah, <clears throat> it's pretty gross. They got all the meats fucking moving around. There's some nasty meat goop that's coming out of the wall. It looks like just boiled meat water, like disgusting. Like I said, this movie is very effective and gross, and I don't remember it being this way, but it, it's actually kind of unsettling, uh, which is surprising for this film. You know, I think. It's pretty entertaining. I was like, yeah, it's, it is. I, I, like I said, I don't remember a lot of these scenes, but this this is pretty scary. It's like boiling ass nasty water coming out. <clears throat> there, Zelda looks. There she is. Is she a fucking Reverend Kane like body too? I don't know anymore. No, I think she's actually fine because she has that amulet thing. Maybe that protected her. I don't know. Oh shit. Now they just blew up and it looks like goddamn winter time out here, which is our favorite time of year here at Phantasm. Like I said, I always thought this movie was fun. Oh, it is. This is great. I think I saw this at the theater, too. I can't remember. I think I did. I don't don't really remember. I went to the movies a lot back then, so... It's not true well, any of this. From around this, uh, from around this time period, and I got into a huge argument with someone the other day about it was Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. That's the only one I need. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was a piece of shit. One from a few <laughs> years ago. It's terrible. It's not fit to watch. I've never seen it. It's awful. And the sequel, Bogus Journey, is terrible. Both of those movies are just fucking dumb. Yeah, I don't even remember like, the second like film. The, I only liked the first movie. Like it didn't need a sequel. And that was another one. The it's second one was on a line. Encino Man is one of my favorite movies ever made. It does not, and it never got a sequel. It doesn't need one. No, it's just good on its own. Oh now, shit! If they did a sequel to that now, I'd laugh my balls off and probably watch it. So they're they're about to get christined here in the fucking yeah, damn winter Wonderland parking lot. This is just fucking nuts. Well, now it's more like Maximum Overdrive. There's like a hundred cars in here trying to kill them. Jesus Christ. But yeah, I mean, with, with remakes, and I think with a lot of people, it's just, I don't even I don't even watch them anymore. Unless it's something that looks good, which most of them don't. You know, I don't have anything against them. Just some films, like you said, yeah, they don't need to be remade at all or, or sequeled or anything, you know. Like, I, I'm, I'm glad for a lot of films that they just never sequeled and they just stayed as one movie, you know. There's Reverend Kane sending his demon cars after them. This is just a cool scene, actually, the way that, you know... I love the uh, snow effect on all the cars. Just imagine getting hit by a fucking car just... That's got, like, 
six inches of snow on it. That's insane. That would just be a, a cold, shitty death. They got some gasoline drip, so they might have a little explosion here, which is good to melt the snow, because we want it to get a little warmer in there. There you go, Tom Skerritt. It's got the lighter. Reverend Kane's driving that one car with the spotlight. It looks like fucking, like, twisted metal in here. It's fucking weird. So why don't why don't you look up some reviews of... Uh, oh, shit. Why don't you look up some reviews of one of those delivery apps that fucking... <clears throat> oh, delivery apps. That's a good idea. What is, what is the one I'm trying to think of? Door Butler. Or a Hot Bites. No, none of that. Uh, Uber Eats. No. I mean, I, feel free to look at some of those, but the one specifically I cannot think of the name of right now. It's where they bring your groceries to you. Oh, Instacart. Yeah. Okay, let's do that. Instacart. Those have got to be, a tr- those have gotta be bad. Oh, I'm if sure they are. Feel free to switch to one of the other ones. Here's top 567 reviews. Let's see. <clears throat> I don't want top ones. I want the low barrel ones where people... Oh, here it is. The very first one is from Madison of Rapid City, South Dakota. And it's got one star. And I'm sure it's one of those where it's like, I would do a zero out of five if I could. Okay. I couldn't leave, but we desperately needed bottled water, so I used Instacart, and I just wanted one case of water. I log in, and there is a minimum of $10 per purchase... I understand, so I get two cases of water. The total of groceries was about $10. Then after fees and tip, it was about $20. The shopper has trouble finding my address, and she texts me a couple of times through the app, which I didn't see until after. She called me very frustrated about how she can't find it, and I do my best to give her instructions about how she found it after that. Then, after she drops it off, I open the app to make sure everything was okay, and they charge me $32 and some change. When I opened my receipt, they charged me an extra $12.99 delivery fee that wasn't on there before the order was dropped off. It was my first order, and it said free delivery for first-time shoppers. I spent $32 on a $10 worth of groceries. That's nuts, and the shopper was impatient. One out of five do not recommend. Yeah, dude, just, you know, I understand with COVID this was a thing, but now that, I mean, COVID's still around, but you still got to just get your fat, lazy ass out of bed and go to the grocery store to get your stuff and leave. Wear a mask. Paying $13 for a delivery fee is goddamn stupid. Um, I mean, they better be showing up with some fucking weed or something to give you. I mean, Jesus. <clears throat> it's like, what? what is this $13 for? Is this, this doesn't go to your tip. This goes straight to that app. So, uh, Kay of Johnson City, New York says... Tried several times to have good experience with Instacart, but disappointed every time. I have an ad right now. It's a Domino's ad. Hello? Got it. Okay. Uh, tried several times to have a good experience with Instacart, but disappointed every time. Several times got credits because of their delivery. People couldn't be bothered to enter a multiple apartment building, so my orders disappeared before I got a delivery notification. Instead of a call to meet them, paid several delivery charges even though no deliveries. The absolute last straw was yesterday when I picked up my order and got charged a delivery fee. I contacted customer service through email because I was working, and after four responses from them saying it was a temporary authorization hold charge, 
even after I sent a screenshot showing that it clearly said delivery fee in the amount, which was very different than the temporary authorization hold amount, they still tried to gaslight me and tell me I wasn't able to understand that term. Absolutely infuriating. After hours of back and forth, I told them to delete my account and all my data and said goodbye for good. Be very aware of any all charges from this company. There are better services out there, so I suggest dealing with anyone else. And I'm back on. Back on the movie. Tom Skerritt and Nancy Allen are peeking around the high rise. Uh, this is from Amy of Shippenville, Pennsylvania. Used Instacart for grocery pickup, contacted via phone, computer chat, and email, and let them know of five different items I was missing but still charged for. Said I would see a refund within five days. Well, after five days, no refund, contacted them again, and now it is too late for them to refund me. I'll never use them again. Horrible communication, and apparently they lie. Who likes to pay for groceries that they never received? Sarah, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I received the complete wrong order when I ordered for Instacart baby food and vegan food. I do not have a child, and I ordered meat. Instead of providing me with a refund, they are giving me a credit. Why would I want to use the service again when they couldn't even deliver a single item I requested the first time? I called to get a refund, and they tried to give me a runaround about it. I will be filing a claim with my credit card and a better business bureau. Not worth it at all. Edward of Troy, New York says, We used Instacart a few times, but somehow our account is now locked. We have an 800-plus FICO. When trying to unlock, reset login requests fail. Customer service assures, uh, assurances also don't help. Therefore, we simply deal with stores directly. None of these are good. I'm reading them down the row from the start, and this is how good Instacart is as a company. Uh, Lisa of Ingleside, Texas New got my groceries. Didn't have food in the house. I am blind as well. How did she type this? I am blind as well. I was told delivered. Never made it to my house. Will report to HEB core office and BBB driver lied. Must have taken home instead of delivery to a blind person. Her name is Charlene. If a RN saws past Texas and ordering from HEB, hope you don't get her too lazy to call your number too. Okay. That's sad. That's very sad. <clears throat> See, there were people, I want to say something real quick. There are people that need these delivery services, and they shouldn't be treated like shit because of it. Like I agree. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. If you're just lazy, I'm not talking if you don't own a car. Right. If you don't own a car, you're disabled or or impaired or whatever. You know, like Let's say you're loaded and you just don't want to get a deal. I understand that. But I'm telling you this, if there's nothing wrong with you and you're too lazy just to go out to physically buy your own shit, right. you're a piece of rap. Yet. That's what I'm saying. You're a, you deserve the 13 14 25 35 $55 fees on your card. Yeah, and I'm sure they gladly take it because they're lazy. They'll just pay the money, which is stupid, but that's why they're lazy. But if you need the service, you, sh- you, sh- you should be more than welcome to it. Sure. And you shouldn't be treated like a piece of shit. Absolutely. I 100% agree. And there's uh, the corpse of Richard Fire got dumped in that elevator. He's turned into one of those mummies. Is he going to come back out of that body? Because that's what happened last time. He's like a literal like zombie corpse. Um, zombie corpse. Zombie corpse. Zombie corpse. Tom Skerritt's going to poke the corpse. Now he's going to pick zombie up the corpse. corpse. Ugh, ugh. He's going to pick up the corpse. There is... Rah! nasty uh when a two-bit third-rate company this is sorry this is alex of Monsey, new york 
when a two-bit third-rate company, which cowers from posting their current customer service number on their website, is all the indication necessary that it will be a horrible to deal with them. It will be horrible to deal with them. My experience with banks, U.S. State Department, IRS, and Social Security Administration has been a 10-star experience compared to dealing with Instacart. Customer service is either non-existent or horribly incompetent, especially with their con- contrived excuses from their non-existent security protocols, end quotes. The moment an acceptable alternative presents itself, I will not only cancel my Instacart account, but I will also be a perpetual thorn in their proverbial side by doing my best to dissuade anyone and everyone from having any connection whatsoever with Instacart. Very philosophical review. Uh, Josh of Sevierville, Tennessee. I was given an Amex gift card for Christmas. I want to use it. I went to use it and found out someone had used the entire amount on my gift card to purchase things through Instacart. I called Instacart, and Alex, with the, with the trust and safety department, was zero help. He ignored my email for over a month. I had to call back and submit another case, only to have them reply saying, dispute it with the card company. I already explained this was a gift card, and there isn't a way to dispute the charges with them. I would not recommend this company to anyone. Poor customer service that allows hackers, thieves, to use stolen cards with no repercussion. That's pretty funny. Uh, Nick of San Antonio, Texas. I tried to log into my Instacart and was locked out over nothing. There was required to scan my debit card as a means to regain access. This is an absurd security measure for a company that only delivers food. I am beyond angry, as I have never had to deal with this hassle. Waste of time with any online company. This company also charges multiple outrageous fees for a simple delivery. From now on, I will take the time to pick up my own food and never use delay cart. Delay a cart again. <laughs> oh, that's good. <clears throat> Alberta of Riverside, California. I placed an order of four boxes of cook and serve pudding. When the delivery was made, I got one box of what I ordered and four boxes of instant, which cannot be used in a baked dessert. I immediately took the items back to the store the next day. The store immediately refunded the cost of the product and told me I needed to contact Instacart for the delivery fee and tip refund. I called customer service. Of course, you can't understand half of what they say. And they told me that it would be refunded within five to seven business days. Did not happen. <laughs> Sid of San Luis Abiso, uh, Ab- Abispo, California. Go ahead before I run this one down. This is a real thing, but I'm going to share with you in code. Okay. <clears throat> you just want to text it to me? The, I know somebody that works for Instacart. Oh, okay, okay. Have I told you about that? Yes, I think so. I do too, actually. Or I did. Which tells... I'm serious. Like, someone that I knew very well... Now, this is any indication about who... The people that deliver your stuff to, if you know some people that use this. Here, Uh, you know what we're going to do? Because I can't really do this in code. I'm just going to send it to you while we're talking. Well, I'm going to say this, and this is in code. Peyton Manning used to do that when I first... Moved into the place. Well, when you when you read mine right now, you're gonna shoot. Oh God. Oh. Yeah, I can see it. Imagine that. Getting your groceries delivered and they have to walk in and be like, "Ugh." Did you see what I sent you? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like, imagine that if you were like, "I really need to get my groceries delivered today," and then that's your delivery person. You're just like, "Ugh." Well, you know, I don't want to deal with that. No, of course not. Uh, and that's where I kept seeing them at the grocery store. Yeah. When I was up visiting 
thing. Um, public masturbator. Right. Oh, yeah. I kept thinking that was weird. It's like, why am I seeing this person at different grocery stores? That's what I was thinking earlier. I was going to ask because I was like, because like I was like, he's not dwarf fucker. He's public masturbator this season. I was trying to remember. We're in a new season, folks. We we change up. Yeah, wheelchair fucker wheelchair is fucker. no longer dwarf fucker. He is now public masturbator. He's public masturbator. But anyway, but I was <clears throat> visiting public masturbator <laughs> and kept seeing the person, and that's what it is. I found out later that. Um, that's yeah. what that person's doing on the side. It's a side hustle. Instacarting. Yes, it is. And uh, the sad thing about that is, I guarantee you, you know, that, ugh, what a nightmare. But anyway. Yeah, it's a nightmare. Sorry. Uh, Sid of San Luis. That's its own poltergeist. To yes. Me be dealing with that. Abispo, California. I am not just unsatisfied. <laughs> I am outraged at your underhanded, sneaky way to first cheat and then make money off your customers. I ordered three bottles of a product because there was a discount with three purchases. Instacart got the discount but charged me the full price. When I do that, it's all full. It's uh, it's all caps. This happened twice since I signed up for your so-called service with approximately twenty dollars that you cheated me while you received because of me. This is apparently legal stealing for me and is my fault. Ralph's Market's fault, but not fault on you. Oh, this one says read full review. Holy shit, she just goes ham right here. This is despicable for you to actually make money on my purchases and not forward it on. I would have thought you would charge me on the same amount you were charged on checkout on your Instacart card, but you instead cheated me. No, I am not happy. I am disgusted with your company. I will tell all my friends about how you cheat your customers. I canceled my account, but you withheld approximately $8. Even after you made 20-something dollars directly from me, I am 75 years old living on SS. Are you proud of what you're doing? Sad to say, I See, think you are. See, that's sad. It's very sad. Corporate greed is un-American in every way. I hope you fail for good American citizens' sake. But the, but the reality, here's but here's the thing, and I will say this even to Grandma just then. you got to know there's going to be a fee and a scam on this because you're not the one going and getting it. Right, but if they're, she's 75, she doesn't know how this stuff no, works. No, I know she doesn't understand the concept, but I'm just telling you, here's the thing. So I'll give you an example. I used to be friends with someone that delivers food a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And something you would spend $10 on for a large amount of food from McDonald's, you're going to end up paying like 30 bucks for that. Right, exactly. It's a, it's a, I mean, here, here's my thing. If, if you're just lazy, which is what most of the people are that use those services, you deserve to be clubbed to death for fucking ordering food like that. Right. You're wasting money. Yeah. You could be spending it on gas or your It's like you have a car, just drive down the street and go get it. That's what I'm saying. Like I said, I'm, I'm the exempt people from this are that's disabled mentally or physically. Uh, you don't have a car. You don't have a vehicle. You can't walk through. There's no bus route, whatever. I understand that, and you have to use that. I get it. But if you're just some some scumbag, which is most of the people that I know that use food delivery and grocery delivery, you're just lazy. Yeah. Oh, just took off Kane's I don't, I don't have any use for that. You Ooh. know, like, like and if yeah. you want my opinion, Ooh. you should, you should go get your own stuff. I agree. Oh, this is gross. I see like the, if you want something done right, go do it yourself. It's an old saying. There you go. This fucking, I'm not giving people shit if people want to sit around their house and just, you know, 
but I, I just think it's pathetic if you have a vehicle. I know people that have multiple vehicles and refuse to, to go get their own food they have shit delivered. Yeah. You're just fucking lazy, man. There's there's no way around that. You were fucking lazy. <laughs> shit hits, hit the fan here. You've got all these zombie mummy-ass bodies everywhere. You see the Tom Skerritt mummy. Then you got Reverend King got his head taken off and started melting. And then now he's back. Again. Is he the actor that plays him's dead? Yeah, I think so. I think he's been dead. Because I thought the actor in the second film's different than this Reverend Kane. It is. Because that actor died after the second film, I'm pretty sure. I just can't remember. Uh, Julian something. Um, yeah, this is gross. Uh, Len of Windsor, Connecticut. During COVID, this was not a bad service. Then after COVID, when business slowed, they got greedy and sleazy. First, they jack up the prices and say the store sets the prices, not them. I doubt that a store that has a sale going on four for five dollars would tell Instacart the price they have to charge was four XX an item. Second, customer service is nothing more than lip service. They told me once shoppers would be banned from taking my orders, and two weeks later, she took the order and did a poor job once again. With the first time, the poor shopper, they also told me that for my inconvenience, they would give me a free month of Instacart. That never happened. While the quality of the employees is luck and draw, luck of the draw, customer support is not. I'm done with this outfit. So here's your fun fact, kids. Reverend Henry Kane, also known as the Beast, the Beast, is the fictional main antagonist from the from the Poltergeist film series. Here's the thing. That's death metal as fuck. Oh, he's great. I think he's a great villain. Reverend Henry Kane, aka the Beast. He's Cuckoo Ranch. I mean, too. that's fucking. That is fucking death metal as fuck. I love that. I don't know if you've seen my newest front rag shirt. I've got one with the, with the beast on the front. You of it. showed it to me. It's fucking awesome. It says, I want you for the army of the dead. You got to wear that next time I come down there to the beach. Yeah, it's fucking, it's, it's so cool. It's so badass and mean and evil and all that fun stuff. But yeah. I guess since this film is almost over, I'll wrap up the uh, things here. I want to find like a sure, short let me, one. Let me read this. Can I read something real quick? This is interesting. Sure. Mm. Where is it at here? Hold on. Yeah, none of these reviews are good. There's not one. That's cool. Got the lightning there and the skyline of the of Chicago there, and the credits roll. I guess once you're done with that, we'll... So Nathan Davis plays Kane in this film. Okay, thankfully... Blah, blah, hold on, what's this say here? I'll pause this. It's on the credits there. Um, Let's see, here's another... So the first, the first movie... It's saying here, this is from Toby Hooper. The Beast is the antagonist in that film. He just wasn't in human form and then eventually took the human form of Cain. Yeah. That's yeah, pretty so awesome. The, the, the poltergeist in the first film is The Beast. It's dope as fuck. Which is Reverend Henry Cain. 
It's fucking death Listen, metal. Reverend Henry, here you go. Here's some backstory from Was the leader of a doomsday cult in the early 19th century and professed to his followers that only he would be able to save them from the horrors that were coming and deliver them to the promised land. In actuality, Cain was a madman intent on killing his followers and himself in a suicide ritual for the devil. Amazing. Cain tricked the flock into sealing themselves inside an underground cave where they all died, including Cain, where Cain would eventually, as he was suffocating, take his own life and then later become the beast. The beast. That's sick. It's good stuff. Ed, you're going to hear first. You can also refer to me as Reverend West. Reverend West. That's a good one. Reverend West. Dr. Reverend West. That works too, yeah. That's good shit. But yeah, final, final thoughts. I love it. I love it. And I love Dr. Reverend West. I love Dr. Kane the Beast. I love Poltergeist 3. I love it. I think it's fun. It's good shit. I think the whole trilogy is fun. Like, there's not really a bad moment in it. I think they're all pretty yeah, fun. If you wanted to do a. It's a, it's a trilogy that you can actually watch all three of and not, you know, hate one of them. I don't think. The I think. 2015 remake is okay. I've never seen that. And the, and that's me being nice, you know. Yeah. It's okay. I'm not opposed to great, watching it. No, but it's, it's, it's okay. I'm actually not opposed to watching it. It's just one that I've never just clicked on. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to watch this right now. I just yeah, haven't. Borrow it if you want. It's but, out of print. But it's, look, it's, is it the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life? No, but it's, but it's fun. Yeah. What I'll say with this film, I like it. It's got some nostalgia factor for me. Not a lot, but you know, it was one of the, I remember it being one of the earlier horror films I checked out, and I remember Tom Skerritt from it, and Nancy Allen I love, and I love, uh, you know, everybody in the film's great, and this one especially. So it's just a fun film. It's it, it's got a good pace to it. There's a lot of good special effects and Cuco Rancho moments that are disgusting and kind of unsettling. Uh, surprisingly, because it's not like gore. It's just nasty, like you know paranormal shit going on it's pretty cool and i think the you know like the winter other side pouring out scenes where they you know it changes the human landscape i think all those scenes are very well done they're cool the effects look good uh you know it, it, it's good I, I enjoyed it you know and reverend kane's fucking awesome it's just it's cool to see his character in anything i think it's a fun character to watch so yeah, it's good. I, I recommend it. I think it's if you like the other two films, this one's you shouldn't sleep on it. Just watch it. It's it's fun. It's a fun watch. Yeah, but Re and Doctor Vincent West, Reverend West recommends it. Yes, the Reverend yeah. recommends it. Doctor Reverend Doctor. Vincent West. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's fun. Those movies, like I said, they scared the hell out of me. Reverend movies. West, MD. Yeah, there you go. it's it's fun stuff and. You know, Reverend West also says "fuck the Dallas Cowboys" and "fuck the <laughs> Buffalo Bills." Too. Amen to that. So they can they can go <laughs> fuck themselves. So can the New York Giants. They can go fuck themselves. And, yep. And uh, there, there's that. And we'll continue <laughs> on with that as that progresses. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I love it, man. I, I the the first movie scared the hell out of me as a kid, and then. The second one was scary, and the third one was just you know it was fun. It was just it was just something else. It was it was it's obviously lower budget, and, yeah. and 
not lower budget, meaning there's no production quality because there is, but it's just, they obviously didn't spend a ton of money because they didn't think it was going to make a lot of money. And it, and it, I, I think it probably did. Okay. Who knows? I don't really know. But. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, uh, I enjoyed it and it was a fun watch and it makes me actually want to watch the other two and just kind of go back over the trilogy. So that's a good thing too. It gets you to want to go back. Part two kids is streaming on Tubi. Part one is not. It was, it's, it's not. I don't know what one is on. If it's on Amazon or HBO, it might not be on anything currently, but it was. So I'm not sure on that. I know that 4k disc is fucking dope as fuck. Yeah. I'm gonna have to grab that too. But yeah. Uh, thank you all for listening and, uh, hopefully for watching. If you guys tune into these films, while we uh oh it's on amc amc okay which is another subscription service um but yeah we hope you follow along while we rant over the movie and and give you commentary as well as altering the future stuff and the the reviews of shit we do so we appreciate it very much make sure to like and subscribe on youtube and on facebook and everywhere else on you know follow godless us heathens, go check it out go check out godless heathens our sister podcast that we have there's plenty of more it's a plethora of uh other guests that that the doctor interviews and uh you know i think you need to call your friend uh porno proton maybe you get some more episodes going yeah i think there. we need to we definitely need to do some more just original content he's just he's busy all the time yeah yeah, he's a weird guy. We need to get that worked out. That would be a lot of fun. That's a good idea. Yeah, so uh, be on the lookout for more Godless Heathen stuff. That drops around, you know, we do a lot of that as well as the Phantasm stuff at the same time. Band interviews, episodes, whatever. So be sure to just keep up on our Facebook page. That's where you'll find the Godless stuff and, of course, our Phantasm content. So just follow us wherever. And we'll keep you updated on there. Instagram, at Phantasm Podcast. Twitter, at Phantasm Podcast. It's all there for you to click on, subscribe, follow like we appreciate it very much and uh hopefully Questions, comments concerns send them to phantasm podcast at gmail correct phantasm podcast gmail.com uh you will not be able to comment on youtube because we block them because we don't give a shit uh phantasm uh it, you know sometimes we're okay on, on the facebook but usually they'll be deleted the comments uh but yeah well i mean here's the thing <laughs> I, we want you know, we want some stuff, but and that's and that falls back on me. I just the the, the whole, and I'm, I just want to say this, and then this is not to do with anybody that's like listens to us. I don't think that was what was going on, but there would be these people that I, I think would click on like the uh, some of the, the bigger interviews we that we've had on, and 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 they would click on it on the link, and they're not familiar with what we do, and then they would leave these paragraphs of this nonsense, you know. And yeah. it's like that no, we just we just don't all, deal with it. And 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 again, these are these are not. I don't think these are our listeners. This is like a first time listener. And you know what? You all can blow me. Like <laughs> I, you you don't get to comment on things that that we're doing. You just don't. Now our actual listeners, we want your feedback, but I sure. don't need feedback from some fucking internet troll on YouTube. Right. I, I can do. You know, throw my arm out into the wind and catch that wherever I want. I don't need that. It's just more anxiety that I don't need on myself. So sure but yeah with that being said you know engage with Our us like on us yeah. one time listener you don't get to comment on stuff and so we had to eliminate it right so yeah we, we really appreciate you listening subscribing all that bullshit and uh rolling rolling along in 2023 and our sixth year as a podcast going on seven so thank you for the support and uh we will see you next time 
A bunch of good interviews coming. We got Goat Whore. We got Zach from Goat Whore coming back on. We've got uh, some first time folks. Uh, Twilight Force, their their keyboard player. Yeah. Uh, we've got uh, a lot of interesting stuff. Um, Wigwam, the band that does the music for uh, Peacemaker. Yeah. <laughs> the intro song, which is cool as fuck. So yeah, there's a lot of cool uh, shit. A lot. Yeah, there's the, uh, what was I can't remember the name of the black metal band. Uh, I don't remember. We'll have to. I have to look it up. Which there's, uh, a, bu- there's a bunch of stuff. A bunch of stuff. Just I've already done a bunch of stuff, and we're follow us on Spotify and all that stuff, and you'll see them. Three so. weeks in, and I've already done a bunch of shit. So. That's right. Doctor's putting his work in like he always does. Um, but yeah, thank you, and stay gory. And you know something? I sort of enjoyed it. Phantasm.